0: Thanks for waiting on the episode! Things have been a little distracting on this end with work and the time difference, as well as moving from one place to another here in Utah. We're in a slightly more rural setting than previous, so you may hear a wild animal or two in the background, or some interesting ambient noise. We're starting our days here at 6am, which is going to be interesting during the footy finals. But anyway, I can't believe it's the end of September and the regular footy season is over. I am honestly a bit relieved that the home and away season is over now. It's definitely been tough putting on a brave face while my team gets massacred every week for the last couple of months plus. At the same time, it's been great watching the success stories of other teams and the developing talent we have in the comp as a whole. And I'm looking forward to watching the finals with all of you. I'll be tweeting live. That said, so much has happened recently. One, our beloved national treasure RBG passed away. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a Supreme Court Justice who served for almost three decades and was a personal superhero who worked and fought right up until the end for human rights, equality, and justice for all. We are all better for learning from her legacy. And the film RBG really gives you insight into her life's work if you haven't seen it. It's one of the better documentaries I've seen that came out in 2018 by Julie Cohen and Betsy West. Two, we've reached a death toll of 200K coronavirus deaths here in the US, and we're still averaging about 40,000 cases daily, and we haven't even gotten to winter yet. And three, A personal friend of mine passed away, Dave. F. this episode is dedicated to you for inspiring us all to dig deep and explore our creativity and to express it in our own individual way. To everyone listening, remember I'm only an email away if you want to chat. Before we get to the playbill, I just want to thank all of you for hanging and sticking with me on this journey of AFL Obsession. It means so much to me that you listen, and I'm really thankful to all of you and this amazing community of footy friends because it's been quite the year. I really appreciate that you share your love of the sport with me. We reached 7,000 downloads worldwide just over a week ago, so that's a lot of firsts that we've celebrated together. Please keep telling me what you want to hear, and if you have any questions you'd like me to answer in any future Epis, I'm happy to read the cues out if you don't mind sharing it with everyone. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the pod. I hope you'll stay a while. So let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts and where the U.S. is at in NYC and the Southwest. Outdoor dining in New York City is now scheduled to last until October 31st, and it isn't clear whether the program will be extended. The Met Opera canceled their 2020-2021 to season due to the pandemic. They had planned to start their season last week, And they did announce the Mets 2021 to 2022 season, which will open September 2021, which is really forecasting that out. But given the current circumstances, I mean, we all understand. And they will continue to present free nightly opera streaming on their site. I feel like most places are open now in New York with limited capacity, including gyms and schools K through five and K through eight. At the same time, though, positive cases are slowly starting to rise again in the city and hospitalizations, too. Utah has felt like a 180 from the city. Andrew and I went to Zion National Park a couple of weeks ago, and we've been hiking in the heat here at a state park nearby as well, as the leaves are starting to change colors back home. Oh, the newsletter with all picks is coming out October 10th, so if you'd like to sign up for kind of like backstage stories and photos, you still can, and that means you haven't missed anything for the peeps that I've added. But now on to Act 1 with my game highlights for the final round, round 18. In the Kangaroos versus Eagles game, Oscar Allen's three goals for sure, but the dazzling darling dribbler in the second quarter was my fave kind of goal, where you kick it and it just kind of bounces along and you don't know if the angle is right, and it managed to pass through without touching the post, even though it looked like it was just going to graze it. And sidebar following this game, North went savage with delisting. In the Saints versus Giants game, there were so many great goals in this game. My personal favorite was Jack Steele's snap goal in the second quarter. There was no stopping the Saints this game, and they are marching into the finals. I couldn't be happier for them. I'm a big fan of Ratten, as you know. Which means that this ends their nine-year drought outside of the top eight since they knocked out the Giants, and veteran captain Jaron Geary is the only remaining member of St. Kilda's last final side. In the Bombers vs. the D's game, this was the makeup game from previous. The moment when Bailey Fritch opened up the scoreboard to secure the D's win, it was a close game until the final two minutes, when the demons kicked two in a minute. And in the Crows versus Tigers game, Adelaide brought the pressure, though their loss ultimately means their first wooden spoon in their history. Tex Walker's goal, though, was definitely my highlight, which was his 441st goal. He has now surpassed Tony Madra with the most Adelaide player goals in their history, and it was game 204 for him. So congrats, Tex. In the Lions versus Blues game, when Daniel Rich thumped a goal from close to the center square, I mean, you guys know he's one of my fave Lions, And I have to shout out Cade Simpson, who kicked his 342nd goal. I know we mentioned his retirement last episode, but he had an 18-year career. In the Hawks versus the Suns game another dribbler i think was probably my highlight from this game you know i love those goals the farewell poppy kick that opened the game and the send-off at the end where players carried hawthorne's triple premiership heroes poppy and ben stratton in their final games those were definitely my moments from this match in the Swans versus Cats game, in the second quarter, there was a certain goal for Hayward as he faced the goalposts, and Jack Henry ran like Usain Bolt after him to tackle and knock that opportunity right out of him. I don't know why, but it reminds me of the moment in 2010 when <laughs> librarian quote-unquote Heath ran up to Nick Revolt to stop that goal from happening. And in the Dockers versus Bulldogs game, two faith moments in this one, won Mitch Wallace's goal in the first quarter where he just kind of slotted that in and it was his 150th game and Bont who kicked a goal into the goal umpire and then just kind of apologized at the end of the fourth. I thought that was really sweet when he kind of ran up to make sure he was okay. And in the Pies versus Power game, in the third quarter, Rockliffe's quick and clever bouncing goal was definitely my favorite. And Scott Pendlebury broke the Magpie Games record with his number 314th game. And Westoff announced his retirement after the season following that game. So, which finals matchup are you most looking forward to this weekend? I'd love to know AFL Footy Obsessed at Gmail and AFL Obsessed on Twitter if you want to chat. Okay, it's intermission, so quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. The Big Ten Collegiate Program will play on with their football season on October 24th, reversing an earlier decision that was made back in August. And Notre Dame's football team had to postpone a game, but they will resume practice today after 18 players tested positive for COVID on Monday. They have 39 total peeps in isolation right now at the moment. They traced the chain reaction back to their pregame meal together, where one person was asymptomatic and the virus spread like wildfire within the team and then contact tracing beyond that. It's really scary to think that the virus is hiding in tricky areas, and even if you think you're doing all the right things, I definitely think about that constantly while we're traveling, especially at the moment. And the NBA is down to the finals. So we're down to two teams, the Lakers versus Miami, which starts tonight. And baseball is also into the playoffs. They have 16 teams in an expanded playoff structure, which is more than the normal 10, and they're doing eight playoff games in one day. So that should be really interesting to cap off the season. And now we're on to act two, which is just a look back at the 2020 home and away season. I remember back in the first round, there was a real chance we wouldn't even have a season. And all of the frenzy that kind of surrounded that about how it was going to play out. And now that it's over, there's so much to reflect on. This footy season has really been all the feels and encompassed the entire spectrum of emotion, at least to me, from the beginning with the journalists and staff getting stood down. That was really heartbreaking because it was so many people that were affected and then the potentials for hubs and how long they would last which i have to say surprisingly went relatively smoothly and the main news beyond that really just being the quarantine breaches most notably to me probably side bottoms outing a spa outing and bucks playing tennis i really appreciate the clubs keeping us going with their socials and vids of kind of their hub life and player perspectives. I really, really loved all of those stories. And there were also lots of other stories coming out of quarantine, like soft tissue injuries, comebacks, some shocking upsets, and then the debate about where the grand final would be played. It seems so long ago that there was a COVID scare at the MCG that we had to talk about a shortened season that there would be shortened quarters and even a covid scare with one player that postponed an entire match but this last round was no exception with breaking news the harley banal breach where he was suspended and fined and then called time on his career following that in the aftermath since the announcement Eddie McGuire's outing, too, was really interesting and probably the most spin factor or spin-doctored reasoning I think I've ever heard. And then there was an incriminating video of Stu Do, which was also really surprising, and the Brad Crouch catch with drugs and also another player that he was with. So the COVID breach last week effectively ended a 27-year-old's AFL career, which was confirmed with his retirement on Monday. And just kind of reviewing all of that, I wonder what have we learned? And what have we accomplished? And what will we bring into the next season? I'm curious how much of this season will carry over into next year's decisions since so many decisions are affected. But most of all, thank you to all of the players, the teams, the coaching staff, the clubs, and the AFL for ultimately keeping the season going for all of us and we appreciate all of the sacrifices you all made to keep footy alive in our hearts and minds at a time when we really really needed it and now for the curtain call and the spotlight segment i just wanted to throw some beams on sean ryan who is an afl field umpire i'm sure we'd all recognize him when watching games and he is retiring after the final series so a little about Sean, he was born in 1975 and has a twin brother and six other siblings. When Sean was 16, he started competing in triathlons and he needed a part-time job, so he began umpiring with the Warrnambool Bowl umpires to earn some extra pocket money. And Sean graduated from Deakin University with a Bachelor of Law with honors and a Bachelor of Arts. And at age 27, he became a partner of Kenyon's lawyers and was believed to be one of the youngest in Melbourne at the time. And Sean made his AFL umpiring debut in 2003, and he became the quickest field umpire in history to get to 100 and 200 games. And in total, he has officiated 346 matches, including 38 finals and 8 grand finals. He temporarily retired at the end of 2011 after 215 games, and then he returned to senior umpiring in 2015 after a three-year hiatus. Outside of football, Sean works as a barrister. And a really fun detail I thought was that he placed sixth in the 2014 Fiji International Triathlon, overcoming injury and really tough competition. After his retirement announcement, AFL head of umpiring Grant Williams thanked Sean for his outstanding contribution and dedication to the game, and also wished him luck for the upcoming final series and the future. And he said, Sean's contribution to the game and to the AFL umpiring community over almost two decades has been outstanding. And on behalf of the AFL and AFL umpires, I would like to thank Sean for his dedication. To have umpired in eight AFL Grand Finals across his career is a great achievement and a testament to his commitment to the game and consistency across the years. Sean has worked extremely hard and dedicated a great deal of his time to the umpiring community, and that is something we are very grateful for. And he's a strong leader and ambassador for umpiring across all levels of the game, So Tishan, we applaud you for your efforts and we say encore for breaking not legs, but ground in the sport and country. So now it's the after show since there's no wrap up this week. Just a note again that I'm going to be including some of the photos in the newsletter, which will be out October 12th. So if you haven't signed up yet, you can just shoot me an email and you can just put newsletter in the subject line. But that's it for me. Thanks again for listening, rating, and subscribing, everyone. And thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.